The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's been... It's funny. The vernacular, is it does every decade or so changes there's a huge shift in slang sure in popular language sometimes if you're around long enough you get to see the words you said as a kid come back we have done that yes we have words like uh radical rad that's a big one rad bitchin bitch trying to bring back bitchin um <laughs> if you're if you're old enough you remember all this uh even groovy had a reprise. I was trying to bring back Faggy, but I met I'm, I was met with resistance. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to put it in context, we we don't use that vernacular. Obviously, we do not. But there, somebody had made a funny joke, so it made sense at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have never been scared of saying inappropriate things no until recently and that's not because i'm i'm was dragged kicking and screaming into not saying things it just was made apparent to me and aware to me that those things truly do hurt people yes and and it doesn't matter what you think about it nope um it's one of those questions where like are you being I heard uh, Ricky Gervais said it. Um, I saw a clip of his, which I thought that was really, from a comic standpoint, you got to remember, as a comedian, different rules, right? But he was like, he was like, we've got to, how completely arrogant is it of you to say that this is offensive? It's offensive to you. So if you if you phrase something as I'm I am offended by this. That's fine, and you can be, and we can deal with that. But by blanketing saying it's offensive, you're saying that how you feel about it is how everybody feels about it. Right. Which it, you get into a quagmire of language, and and you know we're at the point now in civilization where language is really becoming. Um, it has a, a a sharp honed edge. That it never seemed to have, and that's okay. I'm not trying to, oh man, it was so great in the days where we can disparage people and nobody cared. Right. Um, but no, it's, it's, language has a defined, sharp edge more now than it ever has. And navigating those waters, I would hate to be a comedian right now. Ooh. Not because it would, I couldn't navigate those waters, just man, it would feel, you know, it's it's not like yelling, you know, shit 
or you know a, 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 the n-word out in a crowd just for a shock reaction i mean i'm not talking about bad low hanging fruit right. humor i'm just saying in general it's hard to bring up topics and you know they're ta- like Jesselneck and there are guys that bring up really uncomfortable topics and do it as a joke yeah and i don't know how much of that can exist in yeah. the sphere, or I'm not saying it should. I'm just saying I'm I'm raising the question. You know, Jordan Peterson before he turned into what I would call a, a twat. I um, have so many thoughts on old JP. Yeah, I I was intrigued by him initially because he talked about language and how are we letting people control our language for us? Like you're not allowed to control what I say. And that goes into the like, well, there's repercussions for what you say. But yes, he was he was making the point, but you don't get to control it. I, I will accept the repercussions. Okay, which I thought was an adult perspective. I, I yes. That. However, what he fails to bring up in his wise words oh, of yeah. wisdom that every incel and budding fascist loves. I'm I'm just saying that. That's the majority of the audience. It's not all of his audience. No, but no. He 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 like Andrew Tate preys on young men that are feeling lost, and yes. they fill the void of dad or empowerment for them. Anyway, yeah, they're feeling he, unheard. They're feeling unheard. Which, hey, there's a lot of I can think of several groups of people that have felt unheard for a long time. Absolutely. That that being said. Um, what he fails to mention is language. We created language. Language is constantly changing. Just because a word meant something a hundred years ago doesn't mean it means it's, it's a very naive way to approach language. You're assuming that the words you're using now will even make sense in a hundred years. Right. The, Language is ever evolving, ever evolving like law, like these living, breathing things that we've always done. We use the word sick now not to connotate somebody being ill, but something being great. It's, you know, bad meaning bad, not bad meaning good. Right. Right. Thank you, Run DMC. But it's it's naive to to talk about it in a way where you're saying they won't let us say what we want to say and keep our language. It's hyper naive I mean you could look at British culture I mean they've been calling cigarettes fags for centuries yeah but I don't think they do now and that's becoming very phased out yeah they do they're I mean people still call them you know let's go have a fag no for sure you know what I mean because that's just part of the vernacular but it's phasing out because there's a realization that like oh this actually has meaning yeah it has and a it, connotation. And it, and it hurts people. Yeah. It, hey, black-eyed peas. Yeah. Let's get retarded. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they Same literally thing. changed the song because they got blowback. Because they got so much blowback. You know, and as they should because they're a really bad band. That's a good point. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're going to be offensive, by, by all means, be, be awesome. Be good at it. <laughs> be awesome. Be good at it. Speaking of offensive. Yes. We had a state of the union. You're not you're not implying that the state of union was offensive. Not at all. Okay. What what do you mean, sir? I found some of the behavior by members of that house 
to be somewhat offensive and disrespectful <laughs> and a little gross. It was so not okay. Like no. it started with like prior to Obama, there had never been an outburst. Yeah, in a, a, a State of the Union address, it was not done. It just everybody had decorum, and I'm not saying decorum's right all the time, but in the House of Representatives, decorum, sir. And it's, you know, we had one outburst during Obama and it became front page news and it really made the Republicans look bad. They don't mind that anymore, by the way. But now you have MTG nine separate occasions interjecting in his speech. And she wasn't alone. There was plenty. She was just the most vocal because she is a baboon. (laughs) She is a red ass baboon. And if you want to see a side by side. To prove the genetics, yeah. you do that. But um, they, they, we were talking, Joe Biden had a, and his staff had a plan, right? And what was the plan? Well, I think the plan was to draw out. 100%. Draw out the, the Republican Party on certain issues, specifically like Medicare and Social Security cuts were a big part of his speech. Because yeah. there is an undercurrent of... Um, legislation coming the 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 big talking point is allowing these programs to sunset right so what are the, the republicans under the guise of cuts and government spending that's their that's what they like to trump up no pun intended no pun intended um, it's huge they just put there's a bill on his desk that literally cuts medicare and cuts um, services in general for a lot of people, Social Security. And the fact that they're on record now saying, no, that won't happen, right. he baited them into something they can't go back on. Not that they won't, because they'll go back on, they'll, sure. they'll literally sure. six months from now flip-flop on everything, because that's who they are. Right. But it's the whole notion of the State of the Union was, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to chum the water okay. for this thick neck shark. <laughs> and when she opens her gaping maw, which she did. She did. She will accept all that chum and become the fool that everybody already knows she is. Granted. But it was... Team Biden, I'm not a Biden guy by any stretch. And it's hard when you're on the left. Everybody goes, oh, you support Biden. I've supported a lot of what he's done over the last year and a half. Don't get get it twisted. But that man has a lot of foibles. Yes. He is not without reproach. Trust me. I... Bobby was laugh was laughing earlier. What did you tell me about him in the back in the day? Oh, I mean, back in the mid '90s, he was the one calling for <laughs> yeah, Social Security man. and Medicare cuts. Now. And veteran spending, and yeah. you know what I mean, like he was the biggest voice on the Democratic Party that was trying to cut all this spending, yeah, and cut entitlements. Now the the, the argument is raised that was thirty five years ago. Has he changed? Has sure. he? You got to allow people to, you know, be cognizant. Yeah, of what's yeah going I don't on. hold anybody to what they did thirty but he, years he's ago. He's a legislator. He's a He's a lifelong politician. Yeah. Right? So I'm not, this isn't big ups for Biden. I like the stuff that he's done right. He's also done some stuff wrong. I remember Um, 30 years ago, there was a night at a party. I almost pooped my pants on purpose just to win a bet. (laughs) 
I back out you at that, the last second. Are you that person now? But I was challenged, <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to just poop my pants. My buddy was going to jail, and he's like, bro, I'm really scared. I go, hey, bro, always chamber one. Yeah. <laughs> That was it. He's like, you're such a fucking asshole. Like, yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, but no, a win for, you know, I, yeah, to I a certain so. extent. I think so. Um, it still won't keep the crazy people from being crazy. They're they're going to be crazy. But the Tea Party became MAGA and MAGA will become Christian nationalists and yeah. things will develop. There's always going to be the crazy people and sometimes they're, sometimes they're going to have positions of power yeah. and we're just going to have to denounce them and make fun of them. Sure. I, I don't know what else to do because there's still a huge part of the population of this country that is fucking dead set on voting for things that aren't good for them. 100%. They just can't help themselves. And I still think it's racism. I still, I, I still think I, they will yeah. cut off their foot to be racist. Yeah, they really will. That, I know. That's the end of that. I know. Second I don't nerds. disagree. Second nerds. Also, are we going to get any candidates in this next election? We the jury's out on whether or not Biden will run for re-election. I, I, I think I, he will. I think if they can prop him up, yeah, just, weekend just, at Biden's just. <laughs> Just popsicle him into position. I don't know if there's another um, Democrat strong enough. Not Uh, yet. There's going to be some in 28. Don't get me wrong. It just begs the question, is anybody going to run under the age of 80? No. Or are we just just so bereft of of vision and talent? I. That, that's an interesting question. I don't think we're bereft of talent or vision. I just think putting out a candidate right now that has that would be a waste of time. I yeah. think you're chalking up a loss for for young, hungry. It's Katie Porter. For there, there's a lot of really progressive, smart people that I think are going to be very powerful candidates down the road. Yeah. I think putting them right out now to chum the waters and lose to Biden, I don't know if there's any value in that. I don't know if there's any utility in them running right now. On the right, though, let's hope please DeSantis. Oh. Please run. Oh, yeah. Because your big daddy is already pushing your shit in. Oh, yeah. He already is. Oh, yeah. Get ready for two years of this. It's going to be so ugly. The grooming photos? Oh. Oh, it's glorious. (laughs) So I hope somebody doesn't. Uh, I hope he doesn't run unopposed for the party. I really don't. I don't know if he will. I don't agree with anything that like Either Nikki one. Haley has to say at all. But I would rather Nikki Haley become president of the United States than just another old man. I'm so fucking tired. Nikki Haley's of old men. I don't like her. No, we, <laughs> but no, but of I, course, I would, But you're but you're saying on. let's let's get younger, not. Yeah, you know, and, for and, and sake. but if but again, I think everybody, all the left is footing for Biden, all the right is footing for Trump or DeSantis. I don't think any, they take up all three of those guys take up all the air in the room. I don't know if it's going to be beneficial for the left to put up somebody that they know is going to be a problem later, Gavin Newsom yeah. or something. I think you got to wait for the old men to go bye bye. 
Yeah, but you wait so long for the old men to go bye-bye that your young talent, by the time they get their turn, they're the fucking old men now. Yeah, but when you're talking about... I mean, about, Gavin Newsom will be fucking... But you're talking... 65 years no, old won't. before he gets... He's like, you know what I mean? He's like in his late 40s. I know, dude, but think about the way the... Um, it's almost like royal family treatment. Like, you get your turn. No, I know. But that's always been politics. I know, but it's... Dog I know shit. it's dog shit. There's so much. It's I dog mean, the shit. only outlier we've had is Barack. It's dog shit that we only have two parties. It's you know? dog shit for a lot of stuff. I'm working within the confines of what I we have. But you, you understand know. my position. I'm just like, totally. It's just frustration and exhaustion. Right. I'm so, exhausted with Bushes and Clintons and fucking. I know. You know They're what I mean? dynasty. I'm just dynasty. Exhausted with all that shit. Well, I don't care. Hopefully, Ivanka will run, and then you'll feel better. <sighs> so, oh, Ivanka v. Michelle, <laughs> v. Michelle, dude, who's Bring winning it. that one? Oh, um, <laughs> they, we should decide that by arm, arm wrestling. Yeah, right. Uh, luckily, you were satiated from politics, and I know we, you guys know as well as we do. We do a little political thing in the beginning, and then we just drop it and talk about dicks and farts. So mostly farts. La- La- <laughs> last, I don't know. Although we were just we were just talking, talking about, about dicks outside English hogs. So. <laughs> That's the body of this podcast, English by the hogs. way, is just what English actor has the biggest thing. <laughs> we all know. Uh, <laughs> luckily, you were satiated and feel good about the Twitter hearings, because now that MTG is uh, one oh, of, so obviously, stupid. the voice of oversight, nobody else has even talked. This is crazy. Oh, that bite. That fucking dumb bitch. But Twitter hearings. Are we allowed to say that? Can we call her a dumb bitch? Yeah. She's a dumb bitch. She's, dude. She's a dumb bitch. She's, come on, man. She's silly. And I don't think she's as dumb as Bobert. I think she's more savvy. Oh, but, yeah. But she's yeah. still an idiot. Bobert's brain doesn't touch it, her spinal it's, cord. It's, it's fine. Yeah, she's so uh, dumb. Yeah, she's bobble. She's like a newborn where you got to hold their head up. Yeah. And she just keeps flailing around. I'm still waiting for her fontanelle to so, close. <laughs> so, not unlike Tua. <laughs> so, the Twitter hearings... We call them the Twitter hearings because it's oh. hilarious. So Jesus. at the end of the day, they're upset about social media. So there's a lot of things that are going to run the next two years. It's social media crying about being on or off of it. Really important issues that the country cares about. Oh, yeah, it's big. Um, trans issues and Hunter Biden's giant dick. Yeah. Those are the three issues for any Republicans listening, there's no Republicans. But if you have any friends or family that are Republicans, get ready for two years of laptops, trans grooming, and um, that's it. That's it. That's You're not going to talk about inflation, economics, everything they ran on. It's because of this. Gas has gotten better. Inflation has gone down steady over the last few months. Unemployment is almost at a historic low. There's nothing left for them to complain about except grimming kids and um, Hunter Biden. That's it. Here's the thing about the Twitter hearings that I find so fucking Alanis Morissetti ironic. (laughs) Is that... And by that you mean not ironic at all? Not (laughs) ironic. But on Twitter, there is actually a very real problem of grooming. Sure. That, that is a real fucking thing. There when it's are, working, Twitter. W- yeah, when Twitter actually Because it shut down two there, days ago. There but, are actual 
accounts, many, many, many accounts sure. and communities that exist on Twitter that are grooming young people. Yeah. That exists. Yeah. We so go after that. They're not going after that. No, because they're, they're praying at the feet of Elon Musk yeah. and have been for a while. Meanwhile, Twitter went down two days ago. There was a point where you couldn't follow anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've run out of follows. When you when you have fired everybody, there's nobody left to look for actual people that are grooming people yeah. or or predators. You don't have the staff to do it. You're more worried about your optics and how your quote unquote fake First Amendment free speech. Yeah. Even though he blocks people that talk bad about him, this is all about free speech. Um, it's hilarious if, if it wasn't so painful it would be laughable yeah I mean you're not a social media guy I know you're not on Twitter no um, I, I have <laughs> like three fucking Twitter accounts because of this podcast right but um, it, there's such a noticeable difference um, in, in how it's run over on a, in how it's run right and like you get shit from all these myriad accounts that you don't follow and, and don't know. Don't know, have no interest in. Rex gets for, the same thing. For like, some reason, I'm getting just like these extreme right wing yeah. knuckle dicks. Yep. You know, on my She's Twitter getting feed. the same thing too. Why? Well, you know why. It's because they're driving the algorithm to promote those things. Yeah. It's literal and propaganda. Part of my free speech is I get to follow whatever I want and I shouldn't be subjected to and Elon Musk's choices. Whims. And, yeah, because they are, because he's a child. Yeah. So my thing is the ultimate free speech is like they do in economics. You vote with your wallet. If you don't like it, leave. No, no, I know. And 100%. a lot of people are. Yes. They've been losing Twitter subscribers more than they've been gaining. But it's like it's like quitting smoking. No, I get it. I'm sure it's very addictive. There's a yeah, there's a neurological thing that happens. I never started Twitter, yeah, thank God, addiction. So right. I don't have anything to kick. Speaking but, of addictions, yeah, we like wine. Woo! So we're gonna get into some wine after we talk about who the fuck we actually. I are. don't know, my brother. And why are you listening to us? <laughs> the fuck would you waste your time? <laughs> I know you're driving to like Cortez right now, so hopefully we, we're a nice little. Pick me up some Popeyes. Thanks, brother. Um, but don't. I'm not gonna eat it after an hour back. I just am not going to do that. I will literally shit my pants. So, that being said, you know where you are. You know where you're listening. This is the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. This is the whiskey reel. We are here in Cloud City once again. It is a balmy 42 degrees out. It is It is hot. And uh, we're feeling pretty good about that. If you did, if you listened last week, which of course you did, we talked a little snow down. We talked a little this and that and the other. We are unleashed by holiday or any sort of bullshnitz. We can do whatever we want now. So thank you very much. Uh, I hope you go to Wagon Wheel Liquor, which has always been super kind to us and a sponsor of the program. They're located in the Town Center Plaza. They're right across from that old Walgreens. So when you're picking up your hemorrhoid medication <laughs> and then you go to Craigers for a block pick set, I don't know what they sell there. I don't either. You should go get some hard kombucha and whatever we're telling you to buy today. Yep. That's your job. Do your job. 
sitting across from me is a man who always does his job when the job needs to be done. When I have one. When you have one, you do it well, sir. I do, thanks. This is uh, one of the best people you will ever meet in Durango, unless you are female. This is my friend. I'm kidding. These are all jokes, guys. My friend, he is a savant in a lot of ways. Yes. Which means there's a downside to savantism. <laughs> He's, he is the, one of the sweetest men you'll ever meet. He is well kept. And he is a Dolphin fan. So if that's your groove, you go get it, girl. Oh. This is one Mr. Bobbit Van Noise of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, bro. And I don't mean the Miami Dolphins. I just like dolphins. No. Like swimming with them. Yeah, I have a dolphin tag on my lower back. (laughs) (laughs) Just a tramp stamp. Dude, dolphin tramp stamps? Just a dolphin. Uh, There's two things. You always run. (laughs) A dolphin tramp stamp? Yeah. And a butterfly tramp stamp. Oh, no. Just dip. Butterfly, I'm smashing. (laughs) Dip. No, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> Love it. Uh, oh, man. Across from me, you guys, you might know him as Antonio Branderas, but today we're going to go back to an oldie, a classic. What is that? My good, dear friend. Also, such a lovely human. Thank you. He's a good cook. Yeah. He's, he's a passable dad. He's a- <laughs> <laughs> C plus dad. He's a bit of a good partner from what I understand. <laughs> People seem to like him. He's the general manager of my heart. Thank you. Mr. Tony Montanus. Yeah, Tony Montanus popping yeah, his head out. Pulled that one out. In a bit. I like that one. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I hope everybody's had a great week. I hope everybody's recovered from the thing we talked about last week. That which hath no name. It is the Cthulhu of Durango. Snowdown. Snowdown. So, now that everybody's feeling better, by by the police reports, you've all done well. Yeah. Thank you so much for being good. It seemed like it was pretty calm. Taking care of yourselves. I was worried there. We were a little worried. And more importantly, taking care of each other. That's the most important thing. Because it is a small town. We all got to look at. And, and honestly, you can walk down the street. If you're a local here. You walk down the street and it's high fives and hugs, right? That we all, hey, wait. We all tend to take care of each other. If anybody was in like extreme harm or whatever, you'd have a ton of people behind you taking care of you. And that that's what makes this town charming. Now, if you're in a bad relationship and it's local, things get less charming. Yeah. Quickly. Just saying. Thank God I've never treaded those waters oh never this man across from me (laughs) could tell you a couple things uh (laughs) but i have some insights you have insights you have a grand insight uh (laughs) but we're all doing well now we're all very stable now we're in cloud city looking down on all of you judging as we are wont to do i've made it a point because as you all know, outside of dabbling in this or that, which isn't very often, over the last month, I've really been cutting back um, completely hard booze. Every now and then, you know, you might 
I, I sipped a little rum on last week, very little, but I'm trying to really control that dragon for me because it, it's not doing well for me. So that being said, that was my sad sap moment. Thank you. So I really, my background, my forte is wine. That's what I grew up loving. My family owns a vineyard. That's kind of my heart. That's my DNA is fermented grape juice. I like the stuff. I really, really like the stuff. So we thought we might expand our horizons. We talked about the doldrums of whiskey, how we've gone through most of them. And until they restock and there's more, you know, more labels out on the market, we're going to talk a little wine. So I hope I like you're it. ready. Um, I chose this because, A, it's fairly available everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty ubiquitous. You've seen this bottle of wine if you've even walked through a wine aisle anywhere. It is um, a really prolific producer. The producer's Michael David. Yep. And he is an old hippie that likes wine. And that's not a bad thing. He's obviously a fan of the Grateful Dead. And you can tell by his labels. He has Freak Show. And and they all have this weird kind of... This wine has like the Jer Bears and the, the, the clock is at 420. And it's got a lot of these little fun sort of uh, Sergeant Peppery sort of feels to it. This is a production called Petite Petite. And I've always loved this wine. It's one I recommend to people who don't really know a lot about wine, but like big, giant, full-bodied wines. It's not overly expensive. You probably find it anywhere between 18 and 22, depending where you're at. It is a super, super fun wine. A, because this is... I've, I've actually poured this for a myriad of people in my life. And nobody said that this wasn't anything but good. And it might not change your life, as a wine person, I know a lot of people out there that are really down for their wine. This might be, you know, it, you know, singing, you know, preaching to the choir, as it were, right? But I tell you, if you're a big, if you're a fan of big giant red wines, this is fifty percent petite Verdot, fifty percent petite Syrah, and those things are um, diametric opposites of each other. Petite Syrah is big, fat, fruity, dark, inky, just disgustingly awesome. And Petite Verdot is all muscle. It has a ton of acid. It has a ton of tannin. It is a biting, linear, like, it's the tough wine. Petite Syrah is a soft wine in comparison. So mixing them together is kind of brilliant. And nobody had done it before, before Michael David did it. You pour this in the wine, it's like garnet. It's like purple. It is, you think you're going to get something different, and then you smell it, and you sip it, and yes, there's blackberries and blueberries, and it's it's tasting and smelling like you think, but it is supple. It is rich without being overboard. The tannins don't dry your mouth out Not at, at all. all. It is this really inviting, gorgeous, like, pillow. And I've always appreciated it for that. It's got another thing I've appreciated. And this is, thank you, uh, Petite Sarah. More Petite Sarah. It's uh, 15%, which isn't necessarily rocket fuel, but it's 
getting on the launch pad of yeah. being a high ABV wine, you get a lot of bang for your buck out of this wine. This wine will go with red meats and things of that nature, the traditional red wine pairings, but it's so fun to have somebody over. And this is like an intro wine. It's a sipper at the beginning because you pour a half a glass because it's 15% and it's just yummy. It's yummy wine. Um, I know I can go on and on. Bobby, what do you think of this? Well, I mean, I, I obviously I don't have the background you have with all this stuff. Um, this is predominantly Syrah, from what I understand. It it changes year to year, but they try to hit fifty fifty yeah. most of the time. I don't know what this vintage is. Um, I I don't know. I I find this like you said the 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 color of this wine, dude. Light it's ink. Light cannot pass through this. It's ink. It's but, completely opaque. But it doesn't come off as being like overly. Um, uh, Astringent or or um, what's the word I'm kind of looking for? I, it's not super jammy. No, it's the, not. the thing I'd like to say with dark wines like this, they get greasy. Yeah, there's like it's almost like you eat the bad part of a ribeye. But this is not. It that. doesn't do that. This is not that. Yeah, this has a really nice finish for it's sure. Super fucking clean for a wine that looks that's this, this heavy, viscous body, and yeah. heavy. This is so clean. Yeah. This is easy drinking. It's super well made. It always is vintage to vintage. And they play with those percentages sometimes. It's 75, 25, 50, 50, 60, 40. It depends on the vintage. And I love the fact that they change that. They're not so opposed to understanding that sometimes the Syrah is carrying the weight and the Verdot needs to step into the background or vice versa. It's, it's, It's a great way to approach being a vintner and making wine. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, how many people do you know? And this will kind of be the sales point on this. How many people do you know that would have a glass of this that would have anything bad to say? I can't think of a thing you would say about this negatively. Unless you straight up don't like wine, which those are those people. Yeah. You're bad people. And why are you ordering wine? Yeah. Horrible people. Psycho. Like, what are you doing? Get yourself a big buttery shard um, or some Pinot Grige. That's ooh. Um, that's fine. No, it's there's fine. there's good versions of everything. Um, my thought on this, whenever we bring up wine, is like talk about how you're going to pair it. And I mean, the obvious choices are you know this is a beef. It's a big re- it's a big red meat extravaganza. Yeah. Um, I don't like this for charcuterie. No, nope. I think it's got too much. It's got too much junk in the trunk for charcuterie. I like wines like with with meat and cheese that I don't like. I like cleansing my palate with charcuterie rather than complimenting. It's the thing in wine where you're like, do you want to compliment your food or do you want to erase it? Erase it, yeah. And with charcuterie, I want to erase it. With entrees and composed dishes, I want to accompany it and be balleted with it. But I think this is, even though it's 15%, even though it's full bodied, it's made so well and disappears on the on the finish so well. Where I could see eating this with duck, I could see definitely anything braised like short ribs, chili, all that stuff is going to be so fucking good with this. I would eat this with venison. Uh, I would easy, easy. Anything that has a good game. fat content, yeah, game. Um, but even like ribeyes and stuff like that, I would want more tannin. I would I want, want more, more acidity. bite. Yeah. Um, this, although it has acidity, isn't 
overly tannic. Those tannic molecules are long and round. And that means that it's not going to be a um, butt up against like a ribeye or a porterhouse. But what it will do is deal with stewed and braised meats really well. Braised lamb, fuck you, bring it on. That sounds good. That would be great. Um, So stewed meats, broken down meats would be really, really good with this. This is not salad or app wine. I would either drink this before I eat because there's something really fucking yummy about this wine. Or eat it with... You know, traditional setup, you know, steak, mashed potatoes, and veg. Yeah. You're not going to have a bad time with and, this. And like you were saying, for a $20 bottle, this is probably in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, for sure. And always has been. Um, uh, but we're introducing yeah. it to you because I know yeah. you degenerates out there love your whiskey. You love your spirits. But every now and then, got to wind down. Also, I would pair th- I would pair this with a uh, just a Ted Lasso marathon. I'm not eating anything. I'm just downing a bottle of wine <laughs> <laughs> with like a handful of cashews. Yeah, just sucking. Yeah, back. whatever. A couple of toasted almonds. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Some smokehouse almonds? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> By the way, <clears throat> I would crush some smokehouse almonds right now. Oh. Why are those so good? Is it? It's the MSG. Yeah, probably. Because you want to eat an entire batch of those at the same time. Do you, What do you think about wasabi almonds? <sighs> they're fine. Dude, they're fucking so good. They're good, but they're <laughs> fine. <clears throat> they're so good. I suggest with those, nice Riesling. Oh, well, yeah. I get, I get nice it. little nifty get Riesling. Yeah. Some Ninja Girl. I like things that have like that slight Asian influence on them when it comes to my snack foods. But not your women. I buy the. Yeah. I don't <laughs> that, that was. I don't know. If that's a leading it. question. I, that's a I'm joke. Not gonna, I'm not going to delve. But you see how I soft. He soft that. Softballed that for me. I know, okay. but like you're right. I've never dated an Asian woman, and why? There's not a lot of. Does that speak to me? No. Or is it just, just availability? It's availability. If you're living in Boston, New York, LA, Seattle, yeah. you definitely would have dated an Asian woman. There's not a lot of. Yeah, I would think so. There's not a tremendous amount of Asian population in Durango. Have, have you ever heard. And we are worse for it. Agreed. Seriously. Agreed. I'm not even. That's not hyperbole. I know. They're, that, that, that entire culture brings better stuff than we have oh by virtue God, of food. Kidding drink you are not kidding fuck bone yeah. broth baby Ooh. bone broth dude why are you trying to trying to bed me <laughs> <laughs> trying to bone broth me into bed yum yummy uh we were talking earlier about crying oh Aaron and I oh god it's gross are historically there was a time on this podcast and this was right after Aaron's divorce there was <laughs> There was some early days of the whiskey reel when my every man, episode my man would cry for whatever reason something would it wasn't come up. always like woe is me no it was just like a guy would walk on into a movie with a daughter and you're just like oh man I just love my daughter so much <laughs> <laughs> you know old divorce guys with children tend to uh, yeah we get in our feels a little there bit. was two years of this podcast where you were a raw nerve. <laughs> Just yeah. exposed. And you world. won't be able to hear any of it. So yeah. suck it, nerds. <laughs> yeah, we've archived all of those. We've archived those everything. Because I was not in a great place mentally. Um, and probably had chargeable offenses. Yeah. So 
Um, Moving on. Yeah. As you guys know. We're old now, though. On our feed, I have a podcast called Judgment Day. Yeah. Available to you now. We've got 17 great episodes. Um, One of the questions I ask of my people when they come on is, what is a movie that makes you cry? Yeah. And I mean, like, every time you see it, you just fucking cry. Yeah. So we wanted to have a quick conversation about that. And we'll probably ask for feedback we won't get, but we'll ask. That's fine. You can tell us. Um, Right off the top of your head, what is a movie that always, always brings you to tears? Can I preface this? Yeah. Okay. Because there's, at this point in my life, I cry when I see uh, heartfelt Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I am. Who doesn't? I I, I, I just, I, I feel so much now versus when I was 20 and completely indifferent. And I was a calloused, just jaded shitbag for most of my like developmental adulthood. Now that I'm an old guy, I feel everything. Okay. And it I could I could see a dead bird in the street and cry. I can see a commercial f- for Trident gum. And if it's done correctly, tears. Um I'm and I, you know what? I go with it. I don't try to hide it. Uh, everybody my my daughter and Rex, they laugh at me because like I'm the crybaby. Like I cry at everything. And, and that's okay. I'm perfectly okay being that guy. The day that I don't have emotion is the day that you can kind of do away with me. I feel a lot because I care a lot. End of the story. And so do you. We're, yeah. we're very similar in that. We are. We are. Um, if I see a movie about like a paraplegic guy that just got legs and now he can walk, I'm crying. Yeah, that's just yeah. how I respond to things now, and that's okay. I'm, I'm, I have crying bubbling at the surface at any moment in my life. I really do right now, and maybe I'm more fragile. I'm looking at mortality. No. There's a lot of subtext. To well, that. as I was telling you last night, I cried at a video game. Last Literally night. last night. Literally. That happened. That happened. Now, granted, it was Last of Us Two. It was Last of Us 2. It's very traumatic. And if anyone knows that game, <laughs> it's very all I have dumb. to say is Song for Ellie, and you will fucking like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just no, lost 400 subscribers. I got, no way. Um, no, we didn't. We, um, we only have 160. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> tomato, tomato. It's not true. That's but. not true. Um, so we thought it'd be fun in a weird way, just to kind of make fun of ourselves in a weird way, but also like sure. big up ourselves. For still being human and feeling things, I think that's good. Um, talking about music and movies that bring us to tears, <laughs> and there's so many. So fucking. Um, what would be if I said a movie to make you cry? What would it be? Okay, so we discussed this, and there's one I think we share. So we might as well get that out of the way. Let's go. If you don't cry at this movie, your soul. Even is, Rex will cry at this. Your movie. soul is barren. Yeah. And there's a You're lot an of empty you, shell. There's a movie that came out a few years ago with Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte and Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Called Warrior. Yeah. And, and it's about fucking big dumb jocks punching each other. It's the dumbest concept. Stupid. Ever. Yes. Like two brothers end up fighting each other inexplicably in a fucking MMA match. Shocker. Like, like the, the fucking... The needles they had to thread right to make that story I know. work. I know. You know what I mean? However, 
the performances in this movie, the fact that it's about brothers, dynamics, and fathers and sons. Killed you. Kills. It destroys you. There are three particular moments in this film that if you don't cry... <laughs> you have no soul. What is fucking wrong with you? <laughs> um, that should be your first date movie. Uh, uh, it really actually. Where you're like, if yeah, you, that's not a bad. If idea. somebody stands still through that whole movie, you know they don't care about puppies. And I'm like, this bitch just picked up her phone. <laughs> she's Instagramming if right she's now. She's scrolling right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Nick Nolte's drunk. Then you know. Ranting about Moby Dick. Yeah. And you're fucking on your phone. Fuck you, Ahab. You heartless. You heartless harlot. <laughs> no, Warrior, it's a beautiful fucking movie. Yeah. Um, it it combines what you were talking about, music and film. Yeah. Which is a powerful. Powerful. When you, when you can get the music right this is why the score is so important in a movie um if you can build swells and get um um and i hate to the pianist adrian brody um there were moments in that movie where the music drove the emotion in such a way that you had no um there was no escape except to feel exactly what the filmmaker wanted you to feel. Um, I'm talking about like stuff like that. There, there were the easy ones, like Schindler's List, like Boy in... Uh, what is it? The Boy in Boy the Striped stripe pajamas. pajamas. Jesus Christ, yeah. You will... If you don't feel something, um, Girl with the Red Balloon, if you don't feel something, then you're dead inside. Now, th- this goes also under the movie subgenre of films that I love that I will never watch again. Yeah. I will never watch those three movies we just mentioned again. Never. I don't have the energy. Yeah. I appreciate the beauty of what they've done. I will put a movie and this is going to be sound silly but up. Oh, dude. I don't need to watch that again. I, I haven't. Oh, God. I've only seen it the once. <sighs> And the that, first, that first, the first five minutes, minutes, I'm done. Come on. I'm done. I'm done. It's at old, uh, uh, for older people, there's On Golden Pond. We could dedicate, to go back to Up, just for one second. Yeah. We could dedicate a whole section of this podcast to Pixar movies that Dude, make you cry. That f- oh, you mean every single one? Yeah, I mean, Up, obviously. Wally, Inside Out. Wally. Wally. Dude. How about Stop. Toy Story three when they're in the fucking incinerator? Go fuck yourself. That is a that is fucking emotional Go manipulation on the level. And 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 that's another good key of what you're saying is some of these are formulated, literally formulated to elicit that emotion. And I don't blame the people involved. They're eliciting an emotion, whether or not you quote unquote fall for it. But if you're like I am, like Bobby is, you're watching a movie in good faith. And that's what I'm saying. If you're watching a movie in good faith versus bad faith, sometimes you watch a movie and you are bunched up, arms crossed, cynical about everything. And I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for you. I'm not sorry for me. I'm sorry for you that you want to allow yourself the ability to enjoy what is happening in front of you right. doesn't mean you need to break down and fucking become a douchebag, but 
the fact that you are so shelled that you can't allow yourself to feel what the this person's art is is sad for you, not for me. I can always grab a Kleenex and clean my tears. You're the hard soul that can't fucking <laughs> feel anything. And I think that points to something. I think it doesn't yeah. make us better or worse, people that are like more affected emotionally by art. Um, I'm so affected by art, music, painting, sculpture, movies. Does make me better or worse? That's just how I'm wired. Right. And when I was younger, I hit it. Right? I'd sure. leave. I saw shit and I'd leave. Yeah. Because I didn't want anybody checking this out. But now I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't so, fucking care. Going back kind of to the filmmaker manipulating you conversation. Cool. I'll, I don't know that you've seen both these films, but they're there's two movies that came out a few years apart from each other. Terms of Endearment mm-hmm. and Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Okay. They're both crushers. <sighs> crushers. Yeah. But I think this. Terms of that Ostensibly, you have a very similar concept. You have a family drama that results in, spoiler alert, it's been 35 years. There's that, no spoiler. Um, a daughter gets sick and passes away in both films. Right. Both mothers have a scene where they uh, kind of lose their shit. Right. For lack of a better yeah. word, right? I've always felt like Still Magnolias felt manipulative. It felt like they were setting you up for her to die. Mm. Terms of endearment, I always felt like... More tragic, more random. More tragic and more like, how did this happen? Mm. You know, like, Steel Magnolia sets you up in the first 10 minutes of the yeah. movie. Like, oh, we're going to kill her. Right. No, I, so I understand. buckle up. That's what's going to happen. <sighs> Those, there was, there's almost should be a subgenre. Fried yeah. Green Tomatoes. Oh, Jesus. Terms of Endearment. Yeah. Mystic Pizza. Mystic like, Pizza. There should be a subgenre <laughs> of film that is female-led, strong um, narratives that have a sadness arc. Sure. Like, I don't know how you would define it, but during the 90s, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, going into late 90s, there was this thing that there was this like algorithm, pre-algorithm, yeah. that people could lean on for like a tearjerker, right? There's like tearjerker. Like we know now when we see a when we see a trailer, we're like, I'm not watching that. That's bullshit. I'm just gonna cry the whole way. Yeah, I get it. And before it was kind of uh, guised and couched in uh, uh, an idea of it being a family drama, but then you got into this real um, bereft sort of like sad element that was ended up being the keystone of the entire film. Right, and that. That gets heavy, man. Like, um, I, you know, say so. there, there are moments like you've lost your mom, you lost your brother. I've lost my dad. Um, as you get older, you lose a lot of people you love. And those moments become so much more powerful for you. As you get older, when you're 20, suck my dick. I'm never going to yeah. die. Nobody's dying. Fuck and you. This I, is I, stupid. And I know you're hypersensitive to the father thing and I know yeah. you know I can't watch A River Runs Through It anymore 
Oh God, it's one of my favorite movies brutal. of all time. Anything, but anything with I can't do it. A father dealing with a daughter's loss. <sighs> can't do it. Yeah. I, I am not prepared emotionally to separate myself from the moment, and that ideally is what makes it powerful. Yeah. If you have changed what you're going to do based on a movie's existence or a song's existence, if you were willing to change what you're going to do moment to moment because of that, you might chalk that up as being pretty fucking good. What's a song? What's a song that gets you? Oh, boy. Well, okay. Um, Take a second. First... We're going to put through, we're just going to put this out as a blanket. We've talked about Jeff Buckley in the past. Um, Bobby, hallelujah. Jeff yeah. Buckley's, not not Leonard Cohen's. Jeff Buckley's, hallelujah. But it's a, it's a, it's a Leonard Cohen it's a Leonard song. Joint. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, Jeff Buckley, I think, did the most beautiful rendition of it that will ever be made. Good luck trying to beat it. Um, Many play, people have tried. You played that at your brother's funeral i did and i played uh david gray babylon oh yeah yeah i know man that yeah these songs are so fucking intense and they draw something out in you fuck yeah it's 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 just for art to do that makes it so amazing like i i've always wanted to create art that would make somebody fucking feel break down yeah you know and you get in those moments with your family and your friends where it becomes so fucking sentient and present and real that it's overwhelming yeah you know it's absolutely overwhelming um outside of jeff buckley um, Lover Come Over was always my, like, that oh, yeah. ruined me every time. Every time. Um, that was kind of my thing. But there's so many of these little cute songs that you hear your whole life where you're just overwhelmed for no good reason. I think we have old video of you actually listening to Ghostine by Nick Cave. Oh, God. While, yeah, Sean was recording you while Fuck you had off. your eyes closed and you're just tearing up. <laughs> Which, by the way, Nick Cave, who lost a child. Oh, fuck. That whole album. It's Christine. like listening to the Eels. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Which I don't. That's a good pull. Because. Yeah. No way. You're, you know, and we're not, we're not trying to be morose. We're just talking about the power of okay, what. So- Speaking what of which, this can do, yeah. On the opposite side of Morose, um, and we can go back to movies with this a little bit, what about a movie that makes you cry in a more exalting yeah. sense? A Something good cry. lifts you up. A good cry. I What's love, a good a cry? A good, good cry. You look at, like, when we were growing up, uh, movies like Rudy. Yeah. And they, they, they might tend to be sports movies a little bit. They have but a, even as a kid, fame... Absolutely. Was, or uh, Flashdance. Yeah. I know it sounds I know. so trite and ridiculous. But there's a triumph to it. But there's a triumph. Somebody wins. How about this one? Yeah. This do is it. A, this is a biggie. Dude, who doesn't cry when fucking Andy Dufresne gets out of Shawshank? Dude. That is exaltation. 
That is exaltation. Let's go. That move. Uh, if you don't cry during that, what the fuck? Dude, Rocky 2. Ooh. Mick dies. Yeah. And then they go to the fucking... Dr- they- Did he die in three or f- two? Three. Three. He died but, with Clubber Lang. Sorry. Yeah, that no, was... But I... Dude, that's a killer. Mick dying is oh. destructive. But dude, then he goes and beats Clubber Lang's fuck ass. Fuck you. Come on. Great. That's the best Rocky movie. Three's still the, the best. Three's the best um, Rocky movie. Just saying. Two, though, was him getting his due. Yeah, he beat he beats Apollo. He yeah. becomes the guy Finally, he's supposed to be. Yeah. You know? That that sort of chariots of fire sort of the Yeah, that's a good one. You know, like <laughs> that scenario for anybody who's like and it's not even competitive, but it's when the good guy wins. Right? Of course. Dude, the good guy wins feels so good cuz in real life they don't win. I cry not all the time. I cry kind of at the end of The Martian, just watching Matt Damon go through go through that and all that shit. Yeah, dude. And then when the tension is finally released and he's on the fucking shuttle, you're just like, oh, dude. I cried at fucking Endgame. Oh yeah, of course. We're weeping when Spider-Man goes in Infinity War. Stop it, dude. We're done. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Done. But. Iron Man dies. I'm done. I'm done. So it's manipulative, and I know it's manipulative. Because a lot of people would be like, what are you even crying for? It's just fucking, it's stupid. It's like a movie or whatever. I allow myself in those times where I don't in my real life. I don't allow my real self to be manipulated. I allow myself to be manipulated by fucking smoke and mirrors. And I allow myself... To feel that. Because yeah. I think it's healthy. I think it is, too. You know what I mean? I, Dude, like I said, throwing a fucking Trident commercial. I'm I weeping. Know, I know you're not watching this show yet, and we'll say this before we go. Yeah. Just smoke it out and try to get our shit together. <laughs> just cry. <laughs> um, the new show that is on Apple TV, yeah. Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein, Shrinking. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Starring Harrison Ford, who... Starring Jason Segel. Also starring Harrison Ford, <laughs> who is a fucking goddamn revelation. He's, you guys, if you haven't seen the guy can, yet, Dude, the guy can so act. He's so good in this movie. You forget. Show, and he's funny as shit, but he has a scene in this show where he he's a therapist. And he's a therapist to the other therapist. And he's a mentor. Right. And he's... His role is so fucking amazing. But he talks about grief, and he goes through this scene in this movie where he's like, I give myself 15 minutes to completely feel all my grief, and I lose my shit, mm. and then I go about my fucking day. Yeah, But he gives himself it. 15 minutes because it's pure catharsis, and you let it out. I don't know why it's... And now you're allowed to Designated live. to a time, but well, that's... But that's I his, get the general it's idea. It's a I get the idea. Yeah. For sure. And if you haven't seen Indiana Jones, then you don't understand Harrison Ford's humor. Yeah. Because yeah. those were some of the funniest moments in the movie. We're having a Harrison Ford renaissance Was right now. him being... Enjoy it. Hilarious. Oh, he's so fucking funny. He's really funny. He's a charm and a snark and a... a, a yeah. A, a roguish He's got a ro- roguish charm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't remember the first time you saw Harrison Ford and you're like, I wish I was him. Han Solo. I want to be him. Han Solo. Oh, 100% Han Solo. Was the first He's time I saw. 
Han Solo. He's Han Solo. And Indiana Jones. And Indiana. What the fuck? So go fuck yourself. Wow. And you want to go cry? Think about that. Because yeah. neither one of us is Han Solo or Indiana Jones. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. I'm Solo. I'm Solo Jones. <laughs> I'm going to go from here on out. I want to be known as Solo Jones. Solo Jones. Let's go, brother. All right, you guys, we're going to go take a quick break now that we've cried and gotten out of our... Nah, I cried. You were fine. I was fine. Yeah. You were fine. You lost it for a second. Dude, that's okay. We feel our feelings. We, yeah. We are men that feel our feelings. We are men that hug each other. Fuck off. Unabashedly. We Fuck off. shake hands. We hug. We hug. You know what I mean? And like, you go be dude bros and enjoy that. Okay, enough tears. Jesus Christ. I'm ready to go listen to XO. Yeah, And go, you know. Just open a vein. Open a vein, brother. Don't, no, don't do that. I would never do that. That's not, that's not funny. (laughs) I'm too much of a narcissist. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, narcissists don't typically go down that road. No, no. But only if it makes other people think about them more. Ooh, that's a good point. Because that's true narcissism. That's a good point. We're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I could sing my own funeral. Yeah, right? <laughs> Literally the most narcissistic thing you could possibly want. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, we would love to know what makes you cry. Hey. All you crazy kids out there. You could reach out to us at 970-426-5344. Get some Kleenex. Nine seven zero four two six five three four four. Whiskeyrill at gmail dot com is another way to get a hold of us. We're on all the socials. You know where we're at. Use a carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon. Yeah, if you need to. Well, we've gotten through that part. Sweet Christ! I know. I know. I'm just dealing with stuff now. I know. Dude. Just I, in, anytime. Again, we're exposed nerves. So. You have to realize you're dealing with very fragile, tragic people. (laughs) As much as we talk about butts and dicks and other extraneous orifices, we, uh, yeah, we feel a lot, which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. I will never apologize. Do you hear me? Ever. Ever. So, my brother, we need to pick me up. Oh, and you were telling me you. that you had a little song. Oh, my God. This is so cute. So, Slow Tie is a British artist, mostly known for like being kind of trap, kind of grimy. He's not a trap musician. I'm just saying, like, he's a grimer. And um, <laughs> he's a, you know, troubled youth. 
as it were. But he makes some really interesting music. And now that he's growing up and got some notoriety worldwide, this was exceptionally fun for me to watch. He has a video called I Feel So Good. And the video is comprised of, obviously, they asked fans of his to be in the video and like lip sync the video in their room and groove to it and vibe to it. And from appearances, it looks like these people have never heard the song. And so you can see them kind of bobbing their head and getting into it. And then Slow Tie walks in the room and they start dancing and carrying on. And it's fucking cute. It's just cute. It's literal joy. And I think we all need that. Go watch the video. Slow Tie, I feel so good. It'll make you feel good. But for now, you can listen to it. Dude, that is fucking adorable. How amazing is that? Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah that is the polar opposite of what we're talking about. <laughs> but still made me cry a little. I know. Yeah. That's exaltation. Ah, whatever. That's cute. It's very cute. Uh, yeah, you guys need to watch this video. Maybe I'll post it on the page or whatever. You probably it's should. It's cute. super cute. Um, I had thought about like playing that new Depeche Mode song until I listened to it. <laughs> But good on D mode, dude. No, one it's of the not most a bad song. Underrated bands of the eighties, yeah, and early nineties. Do you think that's interesting? Do you think they're yeah. Depeche Mode is I don't underrated? Think, I don't think for all the fame and success, and dude, Depeche Mode for like fifteen years was one of the biggest bands on the planet. Right? Like, no bullshit. They sold out arenas across the world. Definitely. And yeah, I don't think they're really considered. Yeah, they probably don't get talked about as much as a lot of bands do from that era. You know, when you talk about that era, you talk about, you know, the Smiths, you know, Morrissey. um, You talk about New Order, Joy Division, that kind of stuff. Joy Division more for like musical respect mm-hmm. same with new order but as far as like dude Depeche Mode is selling out like 50,000 persons arena oh, they're in like 88 huge world huge yeah. so it's good those old guys are still cracking yeah I'm, yeah we're not going to listen to it but it's- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well as we approach the end of today Jizz. I feel like it is time that we should clutch our pearls of wisdom. Yeah, man. Thank you, you first or thank me? Thank you for not doing the thing. Oh, no, I'm going to go first because mine is Bring. so R word. Um, <laughs> um, every once in a while on this podcast, we talk about sports. 
little football, little yeah, what have you. we do that every once in a while. Um, a guy that I grew up watching. I remember when uh, Zach Thomas was drafted by the Miami Dolphins way back in the day when Jimmy Johnson took over in the late 90s. And Zach was this not very respected. He fell into the fifth round, I believe. Undersized, too slow, uh, too short, wasn't fast enough, couldn't play the game. And he became, during that era, like one of the two or three best linebackers in football. And, I mean, for 12 straight years, his tenure in the National Football League, he led the league in tackles during that entire time. He returned more fucking interceptions for touchdowns than any linebacker during that time. He was just this guy that rose above. And in, in at that age, as a young man, when you're more prone to hero worship... I looked at him as a hero. I thought it was fucking great. Yeah. And he's been nominated for the Hall of Fame now for the last few years. We never knew if he was actually going to make it, but uh, he he got announced. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He made it. I don't know how this is a pearl of wisdom, except that I'm overjoyed for that guy because he was a goddamn animal, just a stud. He was a warrior. And I sent you the quote from your quarterback, from yeah. Drew Brees, talking about Zach Thomas. And that's the cool thing is to watch like the respect that guys like that would get from yeah. their contemporaries. Yep. The guys that actually had to fucking line up and deal with it. Play with that nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm in a good mood today <laughs> because of that. Because I feel so good. Because yeah. I feel so good. Um Mine's easy. I always tell everybody that I hire, there are, I can teach you to do everything I do. Two things I can't teach you. How to work hard and how to be nice. That's your parents' job, not mine. But I will say, if you have two things to strive for, it's work hard and be nice. The rest of it is easy. Manage those. You will be just fine, my brethren. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, uh, I'm i kind of sliding into your role a little bit in my world. And we're going to have a lot of conversations about that. But yeah. Are ru- you circumcised? Rumor has it. Uh, I am. Actually, I, am <laughs> I am cut. Are you hanging some... British balloon nod. I no, God no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, rumor has it I'm going to be going back into the hospitality world. Okay. And I'm going to be running a bar. So I don't know how to do that. God help us all. <laughs> I reached out to our good friend Dave Woodruff, who is going to be appearing on this podcast soon. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's running for Woody Council. will be here uh, before April fourth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. And uh, I consider him a bit of a mentor, so I reached out to, I reached out to three people: you, Dave, and for some reason Brian Bear, which was probably oh, Jesus. Just, why would I do that? He's great. Well, I need to have the other side of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I fucking love Brian, and he's run a successful bar for many years now. It could be a lot more successful mm-hmm. were it not for Brian. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So my first, I I told Dave the situation, and I just said, um, so what I need from you is to teach me how to run a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Should should take about a day or two. Yeah, yeah. should be fine. Yeah, I'll give you forty eight hours. Yeah, get me up. Get me up to speed. Give me up to speed. <laughs> no, but we do have a new bar coming to town, and the guys that own it are really cool cats. They're tattoo artists. They're Dutch, which I don't know what that means. I don't know. What we'll that see means. how that goes. Wooden shoes. Yeah, they definitely have wooden shoes. Yeah, and I don't know. It's gonna be fun. All so, right, new stuff. Good luck. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs>